Get ready for the countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello, everyone. This is Jesse Bowen, and welcome to the Power to Live Your Vision. It is such a great day. Today is January the 17th, and we are celebrating Martin Luther King's Day. And today I have some special guests on. I have uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brown, Dennis Brown, Andrea Brown, and they are out of the uh, Washington area. And I wanted to bring them on because today is a very special day. I know for me as a African-American and lived during that period of time that Martin Luther King lived and really experienced things that we talk about that this generation has no idea about. Now, we're not here to, to beat up the past. We're here to reflect uh, on the past. We're here to, re- to reflect and to realize that You know, we still have a dream. I still have a dream. We have uh, living in a point in time in our history that for many of us, we have fulfilled part of our dream, but then there's other parts that we, we need to reach out to. So my question to you is what is your life blueprint? What is your life's blueprint? Now, that's a really important question. I was listening to one of Dr. King's speeches this morning, and, you know, I got up this morning, and I I just had to listen to some Martin Luther King because his speech is so inspirational. It talks about love. It talks about peace. It talks about, you know, who we are in our own dignity, not just as African American, but as, as a human being. And so our guests today, they came up during this time, and and Master Brown, Dennis Brown, he had a chance to be right there with Dr. King. So we want to reflect on that. We want to reflect on the still, I have a dream. And understand that we are always cultivating and thinking about, you know, what is that life blueprint? I've been doing vision board classes to try to help people to understand that. Hello, sir. How you doing? And Mrs. Brown, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing good, and, and, and happy to, to have you drag me back in here and make me remember. You know, we get so hung up into all the celebration of the day that we forget all the tribulations that uh, happened during those times. The time that he lived. Well, it's easy to forget our past, and, you know, we're in a time now that, you know, uh, you know, it's a little crazy right now, but, you know, the past is what makes our history. And if we don't remember and share that history, some things that are good in our history, we always want to share those. But some things that's bad in our history, we don't want to repeat those things. So what I want to do today is to talk about that era in time. I grew up during the civil rights and segregation and 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 you know I grew up in the eastern part of North Carolina and and it it was well I guess it was okay if you don't know any better if you've got your place and you've got a routine then that's exactly what you do 
and you know, Matt Brown, I was listening to a recording that you were talking about your growing up and your path, and and I think our growing up was pretty much the same. And I know that Mrs. Brown, she actually worked in the White House, so it's great to have her on there because, you know, when we go back, you know, you know, back into the fifties, that probably would not have been a reality or that would not have uh, would happen. So we're here to reflect on the positive growth that we've had, and we do re- acknowledge that we have more growth to do. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about you, then I want to go to Mrs. Brown. So, sir, I know that you were uh, in that D.C. area, and, and Dr. King uh, was doing that. So I'm going to give you the floor and just sort of let you – let you talk about that experience of being a part of that movement. Well, you know, when you're living in the middle of it and and you're a part of that history, uh, I I think sometimes you take it for granted uh, that you didn't didn't really know that you were living in extraordinary times. You knew you were making history because he was such an eloquent, eloquent man and so articulate that he just made you feel like you could do anything. And I can remember uh, seeing him speak here in D.C. and and uh, marching with him at that at, at that time down uh, what was it Georgia Avenue down down Georgia Avenue Seventh Street down to the to, to the, uh, uh, the, the 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 monument down there and, and uh, all of those things and again I think because so many people were coming along that time uh, you know Malcolm and and Martin and you had choices which direction you were going to go. And being at Howard University at that time, we, we, uh, we were really aware that we were the dream that he was talking about. We were the ones that were going to have to carry it on. We didn't know that we were going to have to do it so soon because nobody expected the, you know, for him to be uh, shot and all those things. And we, we figured we had 20 or 30 years to, to follow this leader. Uh, but it turns out that uh, – we were the dream that, that he was talking about, and it was up to us. We are aware that it was up to us to make it happen, you know. Well, you know, you're, you're exactly right. I was listening to one of his speeches this morning, and as he's telling everyone, it looks like he's got a tear in his eye. This was the day before he was killed that, you know, that he may not make it, you know, but, you know, you know he, has, he had seen it. And he's yeah. talking about it, and as you listen to him, he didn't expect to leave Tennessee. That was not his expectation. I, I, in my heart, of listening to his speech, but that level of commitment, and I talk about this in my seminars that I teach, is what if Dr. King had not been born, but he was born for a purpose, and he knew his purpose, and that purpose is – you know, that purpose is his death ex- exploded and moved things forward. It created a movement uh, be- because of that. It may have taken another 15 or 20 years to uh, actually move to where we were, but, you know, as I listened to his speech this morning, you know, I couldn't help for hearing in his voice that, you know, I may not get there. You know, I mean, that was really powerful and every time I listen to it, it almost makes me want to cry uh, uh, be, because of that. So and I know if we talk to Mrs. Brown, I know you've had that great opportunity that you worked in the White House. And which president did you work on, ma'am? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Wow. 
So let's talk. Let's talk about that experience. I mean, you know, did your I know your your parents or no one in your high school or probably in your college would ever have dreamed that you would actually uh, be there and be a part of that administration. No, I didn't either. I mean, it was an amazing opportunity. I couldn't believe it when I went over for my interviews. Um, I had to do several of those. Uh, when they finally told me that I had the position, I walked back to my current job, and I stopped at the corner um, because the light was red. And I didn't realize that I was in such a daze that the light changed three or four times. So the security guard from across the street came over and said, ma'am, are you all right? The light's changing, and everybody's passing you up, and you're just standing there. And I looked at him. The tears came down, and I told him, you know, that I'd just gotten hired on at the White House. And he said, let me help you across the street. Mm. And, I mean, it was just amazing. But I'll tell you one thing, getting back to um, our beloved Dr. King, during my time at the White House, I got a chance to meet uh, Mrs. King. Uh, we were at an event, and um, I served as um, one of the advanced people on um, this particular trip. And so I was told um, to go over and that, um, you know, I was going to sit down with Mrs. King. And for some reason, I thought that she was just going to be, you know, a still a broken and sad individual. I just did not know what to think. So she was sitting in a chair. I sat in a chair across from her. She leaned up like I was someone in her family, grabbed my hand, and said, how are you doing after all of these years? And the only thing I could do was lower my head, and I just burst into tears. And I had on an earpiece, so at that time, you know, you're connected to um, the service people that are there, um, the guards and everybody else, and they thought I was in distress, and they were going to my ear, you know, are you all right? Are you all right? You know, what's going on? What's going on? And all I could say was, I'm having the best moment of my entire life. And I sat wow. there with her. And I don't think I got a chance to say two words because she just talked about Martin and the things that had come along, and she was just so proud of me in the position that I was in. She'd never met me, and that has stuck with me all this time. It was just amazing. Mm. You know, let me say something that Dr. Fandrina knows. I was always going with her to these affairs because I was just that little kung fu guy, <laughs> you know, there what <laughs> And I was just honored to be in the room. I can remember going to maybe it was that affair that she was there, and uh, um, I called myself. I was kind of getting lost in all the the the, the, the experience of being in a room with all all the dignitaries and all those folks. So I, I found myself slipping into a back room just for a minute to get myself together. And uh, Jesse, I, I, you won't believe this. She was sitting in that room by herself in a chair. She had taken her shoes off, I guess, because, you know, they, when they had them heels back in those days, she wanted to rest her feet. And I walked back in, and I looked over and realized that was her sitting there. And I said, oh, my God, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to say. But she sat down, and it wasn't a long conversation, but I had a chance to talk to her for just a few minutes. And uh, she was asking me, well, who are you here with? Because I guess they thought I was a, a politician of some type, and I was telling them what I was so, it was my wife and that whole thing. 
but it wasn't any politics discussed. She started talking about family and what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And so you're in martial arts? Uh, what, well, you're a security guard? Or, no, I'm just here with my wife. I'm just a nobody. But I had such a great conversation with her. And what, I guess the point I'm making is that when you got together with her by herself, she was just a down-to-earth, regular, regular person. And, and the things she had gone through, she was still uh, that open to just, just speak to, to, to anybody. Um, it, it, was, it was just an amazing experience. And it wasn't a long period, maybe five or six minutes that we sat there and talked. But I look back through my life, and when I think about some of the treasures of my life, I say to myself, well, a lot of people are happy to just have seen her. And if I sit down and tell them, you know, I had a person-to-person conversation with her, and you learn so much just just from that. And uh, that was my my big experience with that family. I don't know if I ever told Andrina that, but uh, I remember to this day. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's true. Behind every great man, there's a great woman. <laughs> And she and she was that for him as, I, as mine is for me. Uh, but uh, again, we we were living in extraordinary times, uh, and I, I I know that we were aware of, of uh, how important the times were. We knew that there were changing times. We knew that 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 we were a part of history, but I don't know that we understood exactly uh, how important that that, that was. And uh, I look back at it now and say, you know, I got a chance to march with him. I was in the crowd to listen to him speak on the steps. And, and uh, you know, being a, a student at Howard at that time, you know, Howard was kind of uh, marching for everything at that time. The changes were happening. So we were part of that generation uh, and marching down with Georgia Avenue to 7th Street into the monument grounds. Uh, we, we would just happen to be a part of, of, of the movement, but not, I think, fully aware that we were part of, of history. So when people start talking about um, Martin, uh, it was just an amazing time to, to be able to say I was part of that part of that history. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, we all, as I look back on my life, and as I look down that road, you know, like I said, I was I was hanging out in the country, and and you know that movement was there too. In fact, it, that movement was all over, but you know we had a thing of, of the mindset because a lot of times, and especially in the African-American community, you know, our mindset was we shouldn't do that. Depending on where you were, you know, you were actually fearful for your life for having to participate or send your child. And I know in, in the segregation part uh, and the integration, when the, when the schools uh, began to merge, you know, they only sent, they only, they were only, you know, a couple of, you know, black folks that actually went, you know, went to these, uh, went to the schools, the white schools. And, you know, and then it, it kept moving. And when Dr. after Dr. King was assassinated, and this was acceleration, I can remember to the day of, of going, uh, uh, leaving what we referred to was the colored school and then going over to the white school and what much fear that we had, and we knew we had to, to stay together, but but we have come a long way. We have come a long way, and I think that for a lot of Dr. King's dream has been fulfilled. Now, of course, we're in a time now of uncertainty, but I think that for a lot of it, 
the opportunities that's been provided to us, then you know we're really grateful because we realize there was a price to pay, not just in the in the black community and the white community, you know, because it wasn't all. Uh, it was a united force, and it was all about peace, and it wasn't about the violence. It was about a peaceful demonstration and a peaceful march. And you know, as a Baptist preacher, you know, you know, when you think about the Bible, you know, God talks about love as being one of the first commandments about loving each other. And I think that you know, this was a message that Doctor. King always brought forth in his vision, and this is why it's so important that we have a vision. So, so tell me some more, guys. So, you, well, so I, I can tell you about the country part. So, why don't you guys tell me about you know being right there? Anything else that you guys want to share on that? Well, you know when he said, "I may not get there with you now," and I, and and. and and I think about that now, and I think about the times that we were in. We were in Washington, D.C. during that time. This is where everybody came from, from Malcolm to, to Martin to, to John, and we think about those songs they sang. You know, I said this was a, a time when I was just out of high school, just going into college, and, you know, we had the, the Kennedys shot. I mean, John and, and his brother were shot, Malcolm was taken out, the uh, Martin was taken out. It was really turbulent times, and it's easy for folks to just say, well, yeah, I would have gotten out there, and I would have done this, and I would have done that. or, you know." But it, this wasn't a parade. These marches, you could lose your life. I mean, they, and so you had to be committed uh, during those times. And a lot of what we're enjoying today was paid for through the lives of, 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 of that, that decade. They paid it forward. And... and, and uh, and you, you think about when he says he knew, he said, I, I may not get there with you. And, and when you sit back and think, a lot of folks would say, I need to back out. How many politicians today would continue to push or, or leaders today are willing to actually give their life up just to, um, to, 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 for their people, uh, for a point, for, for, for a celebration? Uh, you know, everything from the 100 man March it was the Million Man March, and I tell folks, even during those times, I, I I think how blessed I was to be able to say I was in the crowd, you know, I was I was down there in that group, and so we were a part of history, and 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 Malcolm and Martin, they all allowed us to be a part of the history because they were willing to step up and and um, they didn't want to they 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 wanted to live long lives as he said, but they were willing to to, to give their lives. Um, so that everybody else could move forward. And uh, now it's just a, to some people it's just a holiday, Martin Luther King Day. But I wonder how many folks take the time to go back and, and study the, 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 the man, the, the, the family, uh, all that they went through at those times, or is it just a, a chapter in, in their history book, or they, they go through and memorize it because they have to take a test on it, maybe. Uh, uh, but it just it just makes me my chest heave out to know that no guys I wasn't a bystander I was a, I was a part of that we were on the streets with them you know uh, those all those kind of things I mean it was in D.C. when when they burned down the city uh, and I think about that and I'm talking about all of the people that Martin and those guys they 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 led and and, and gave them the courage to step up because they gave their lives and 
I'm thinking about where I was when they 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 uh they they burned almost the whole city down when that been Seventh Street. 7th Street. I I remember exactly where I was. Um and I had a, a 68 GTO. Yeah, remember that's with that's the car I had and I just bought my brand new car in, in 68 when when he was shot and the whole city just went up in flames and I literally had to leave my car on on 7th Street and get out and walk and, and had to, like, fight my way through police officers just to get home. And my younger brother was trying to get home from work, and uh, he ended up getting beat and, and thrown in jail. And, and I, I think about all those things. I'm telling guys, it's not just in the books for me. It's not just a story for me. We were actually living in those times. And I say when Martin was, was, was shot, I can remember having to go get my brother out of jail. I remember wishing I could get home without getting beat all the way in the northeast D.C. And, uh, and, and those kind of things. So, you know, as, as I talk to you more, it's coming back to my head. It's like, well, it just wasn't a part of history that I, 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 I studied or wasn't a part of history that I, I heard about. We were literally in the streets um, when it happened. We were literally a part of that, that whole uh, 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 movement. And, and the part of that, that history that uh, everybody else is now uh, studying and reading about. And as I, as I talked to you, I started off thinking, well, I forgot. No, I was literally in the streets when he was, when he was shot, the black man trying to get home. So um, it, 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 it's a sore thing for me, but it's also an amazing thing. Well, and, you, you know, know this... go ahead. I say Andrina was such a big part of it that, you know, yeah, she was she was with it. She was uh, working for the Carters. But what she's not telling you, Jesse, is that uh, <laughs> when they we were standing beside them when the boats came in and they found out that uh, they had not won, we were we were standing with them, and 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 so much so that we consoled. We were part of the people who consoled them. And I just had my brand, my first daughter. She was an infant, I believe, and Miss Carter asked. She was she was a young kid, no, not an infant, but she was a young youngster. And uh, can you imagine her coming home saying, "Mr. and Mrs. Carter has asked me, we're leaving the White House, we're going back to Georgia," and 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 she said, "They have asked me if I will come back, will we'll leave and go with them to Georgia, to um to work on the transition, the transition team." With, with my with my young daughter, you know, I I wasn't really good at raising kids at that time. I was the same guy, kung fu guy. But she actually not just worked for the, the Carters, but she was one of the few people that they took back to Georgia with them to be a part of their transition team. She left here and moved there for many uh, for years to help them uh, transition. And I would just go down once a month or something like that to see them. And and I believe to this day she still. Uh, was getting uh, cards from them on Christmas and all like that. So she wasn't just somebody who worked in the office. Uh, I used to go there and take my daughter. I can remember her running through the halls, uh, uh, <laughs> running through the halls, taking her to the bathroom at the White House, and I'd be in the in 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 all all of the big parties and things like that. And they'd always look at me and go, "So who are you?" And I said, well, I'm, "And I'm mm-hmm. like I am now. I'm just a cool guy." And believe it or not, mm-hmm. because all of the, the folks that dignitaries and stuff there, and many times 
I was the I was the big talk of the conversation. Said Kung Fu guy, I'd find myself in the corner with a, a whole group of politicians talking about Kung Fu. <laughs> Jesse, I have to. We went down for the um, uh, the dedication of the Carter Library, and uh, there are a lot of folks there. And I want Dennis to tell his story so that he can let you know who this lady mistook him for. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on I'm out on the uh, balcony, and these two older uh, ladies came up to me and they said, "Oh my God, nobody's going to believe that, they go, that 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 I met you." You know, when you come to these big events like this, that and I, they went on and on about, "Can I can I get your autograph? Can I get this?" And I'm sitting there, I got my little coat on, and uh, Jesse, I. I I said, uh, so who, 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 who do they think I am? I'm saying that to myself. And she said, oh, my God, my grandkids hear that I was out here with Ben Vereen. They are not going to believe it. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not. Did you tell them any difference? <laughs> Her son walked up. And her son just shook his head for Dennis not to, um, you it. know, not to. He he wanted his mother to believe it. Yeah, yeah I let him go, and I didn't want to, but because they were so excited. Oh my God, that my my kids are not going to believe that I I met. I'm on the balcony sitting here with Ben Vereen, and, and the, the one of her kids, they're like, "Don't bust your bubble." Don't. I said, "Yes, ma'am." Uh, she said, "Oh, so if we if, when the music comes on, I've got to get a dance." And I said, okay, I'm not going to be. Dancing and whatnot, <laughs> but I, I tell you, just they were they were they were turbulent times, uh, mixed mem- memories because the chance that we got a chance to meet uh, with the with, with the Martin Luther King and his family, we got a chance to march with him, got a chance to 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 work with him, uh, and so for me, it's not just history; it's it, it was part of, of of the life we uh, we live, and, uh, and and like I said, when when he was shot. It, it was it was very personal for us because we we knew the family and and and, and that whole thing. So uh, it's a whole different story for me. And and of course, being Howard, every we were marching about everything <laughs> at that time. It was just that 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 time in your life when you felt like you were you knew you were uh, part of something bigger than yourself. And uh, Martin Luther King's holiday comes comes up. It's not just about well. Let me read about him, and, and I know about him. I'm saying, well, you know, we met his family, talked with his wife. You know, there when he when his with his wife, we were there when he was shot. We were in the streets. We we got arrested. You know, like I said, my younger brother had to go and get him out of jail. He was beat up so bad because the people just went crazy in the streets. So I asked people if if I could tell you how badly it how bad it hurt the people. It was, it was very personal for everybody. I mean, when they shot uh, John and, and, and uh, Kennedy and, uh, and, and, and Bobby Kennedy, uh, it, it, was, it, it was part of history. But this was such a personal thing for us because we all felt like we knew him. He had been on campus. He had been there and all, all those things. So when this, day, when this day comes around, it's a special celebration uh, uh, for me. I mean, I was doing – I started – uh, 68 was around the same year I started work, uh, uh, studying uh, Taekwondo with June Ree in 1968. And so, I mean, I'd been doing Kung Fu four or five years before that, Kung Fu, but that's when I formally uh, joined the martial arts actual school. And I, I was, as I was talking, I was thinking how much that had to do with me saying, I'm going to get into martial arts school because 
um, I, 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 I know it's, it's dangerous out here, and uh, I need to really get some training. Everybody was marching. Everybody was um, aware of the time. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just, you know, we think about the, being there with, with them and, and, and all like that and still be here to be able to, to talk about uh, the times uh, and, and think back on all the experience that we had and getting the chance to, didn't get a chance to actually travel with him or anything like that, but to be able to say we had personal experience with someone who to most people are, is uh, just history. Well, you know, we have these unique privileges now and these new, unique opportunities. And, you know, I'm always asked, well, not always, but I'm asked sometimes, well, you know, why do you have, you know, people that are still living a certain way and, and doing certain things and you don't really see the change? It's really because of the education. You know, uh, I looked up online and my grandmother was born in 1886 or something like that. When my uh, my uh, and and then there was my dad. So just think about it for a second. We're only a few generations out of slavery. There's a mentality change, and education is the key for us to be able to do. But in many cases, uh, depending on where you live or who you associate with or who you are around. You know, we still have a, a mentality that we're still dealing with because we, you know, in some cases that hasn't been given up because we don't really um, practice being better. So what is your input or suggestion? How can we now, you know, keep that dream alive? I know in the martial arts we have this unique opportunity because when you, re, when you move the racial part, you move the hatred part, all you have left is discipline and love and caring and those things. And we have a unique opportunity as being martial artists that we can share with people and getting our students to look beyond who we, uh, who we are, who we look like, that they can now uh, focus on the benefits that we, that we offer. So how can we make a difference? This is for you and Mrs. Brown, same question. You know, how can, you know, our listeners here on our podcast, how can we make a united difference? Because I have a dream should be a positive statement that every person should be seeking. We should be seeking that mindset of how to make our lives better. So any input from you on that? For me, it's a story that I have that um, I always think about when these when these kind of questions come up. I remember sitting with Charlie Lee. I don't know if you remember Charlie Lee. He came up with June Ree mm-hmm. and Jeff Smith and John Chung, and he was like the NASCAR top forms guy for like years. He's a very uh, uh, successful lawyer now, lawyer now out in, uh, where he lives. But he was one of the the the, the top guys in NASCAR when we first started doing these tournaments. And I can remember one time when he came to the uh, U.S. Capitol Classics, and I was sitting at ringside with him. Of course, I wasn't announcing because it was my tournament. And he was just watching all the folks that were coming up now, all the young bloods that are on stage going out. Because, I mean, at, at his time, he was doing Linda Denley all those times. He was the top forms guy 
period. Nobody beat Charlie Lee. But I didn't remember any of that. But what stands out in my head, I remember him sitting there with me. He said, Dennis, you know, we're very unique. He said, I have always known you, Vince. When you were with June Ree, I remember everybody admiring you and you were this kung fu guy. We had a good time. But we always traveled together. We always did everything together. He said, you know, the martial arts has always been segregated. It's always been brothers first and, and all like that. He said, there was no black martial artists and white martial artists and this one. And I'm sure there were prejudiced martial artists that, that, that had their own personal thing. He said, but in martial arts, it's always been about what you could do, your skill level. Nobody hated you because you were, you were black or Japanese or Korean or Chinese. He said, look around this ring. He said, all my best friends are here. Some of them are black, some of them are, some of them are Korean, Japanese, Okinawan, um, just all races, all nationalities. We're all here competing, and, and, and we're all best friends. Do you ever remember a time when it wasn't like that in martial arts? I said, not really. I about people measured you on, on, on what you did and what you could do and, and the person that you were. I said, but I, I think it's always been a brotherhood here. And whenever I hear people, he said, if we could get more people studying martial arts, it, 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 would, be, it, would, uh, it would be that dream. This is Martin's dream, that everybody was, was measured by the, um, their own abilities. You know, the measure of the man was, was what he could do and who he, who he was and what he could contribute to society. And, uh, I, and whenever this, 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 this subject comes up, think about Charlie Lee. You know, I actually think about him because, and he may have forgotten that I, he even told me that, but it stuck with me because I was trying to run the tournament, of course, and he made, just made that statement and kind of looked around and said, we've always been better. We are Martin's dream. We're, the, we're, we're where yeah. he was hoping America would, would go. But, you know, you're from North Carolina and I'm from D.C. and but and there was prejudices everywhere at that time. But in the martial arts, we always kind of got along. That I remember, there wasn't a white school and a black school and, and this. But it was always about um, living living the art. Integrated. Well, yeah. Well, you know that's true. That's true. I, that's since I've been involved in the martial martial arts, Mrs. Brown. Yeah. Well, Jesse, I guess I have to refer to the way my father lived his life, and it was give without expecting. Um, my father got so much out of surprising people, helping people. He didn't expect anything, um, you know, from it. And unfortunately, we don't have um, a lot of that. Uh, and, and that's what I really, really believe. We are, so many of us are just, in competition with one another. We don't care about, you know, helping the other person, you know, come forward or how that help will, you know, help mankind and moving forward. So we got to get out of that competition. We've got to give without expecting. Well, you know, I, I agree 100%. Good, Mr. Stephen, without forgetting. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. We have lived, you know, Jesse, we've lived in extraordinary times. I, I know that, 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 that we're the old guys in martial arts now. <laughs> but, 
but it, it, it allows you a certain wisdom. We have to be able to say, look, I've, I've lived in extraordinary times, and that has influenced who I am as a person, definitely, but it influences who I am as a martial artist. And I, the way I see people, um, it, you know, it, it's been influenced by the martial arts and the time that we came into it, because we all came into it, I guess, in the 60s when, when there was turbulent times and assassinations and all kind of things going on, but some kind of way uh, within the dojo, within the Kwun, um, we still considered each other martial arts brothers. And I, I like to think that affected the way that we looked at each other as, as men and women. Well, you know, that is very true. And this has really been a great interview. You guys have been fantastic. And, you know, we're just taking a moment today to just to reflect back. Sometimes you have to stop and, and just look behind you, take a glance at it so you can have some, of, some appreciation uh, for the journey that you've been on and the things that's happened so that you can appreciate it so as you move forward, you can have a greater appreciation of it and that you can work on making a difference. I know in the martial arts as instructors, that's what we do every day. You know, their students come in, into the classroom, they're students. You know, they're not black, they're not white. You know, they're, they're, just, they're just students. They're not Hispanic, you know, they're not Chinese. They're students. They're human beings. And we stand before them as teachers, as the people that to impact and to culture their, their lives and to teach them about love and respect. So we really have a, a big job in front of us as we continue to move forward. But that's the good part is that, you know, that there's hope. There's hope. You know, regardless of whatever happens or goes, goes on, we can still have hope and know we're not going to return back to that time. But if we're not careful, we can experience some of those things of that time. And I think it's important that we realize that and all of our brothers and sisters, you know, we're all of one, you know, of one belief, and that is that that you know in Christ in the in salvation of that moving forward and to have hope because when you give up when hope is gone then you're asking for disaster and I think in everything that Dr. King done it was about the strong it was about belief first and so when you have belief desire and expectation you have faith and faith is powerful when you have faith in something that is very powerful and this is some of the things that, you know, that I always get from Dr. King's speeches is about, you know, understanding is having that faith, that strong belief, you know, in yourself and understanding and having dignity in yourself, you know, you as that person, because all changes, has to, it has to start with you. So, guys, I'm very grateful for you taking time out of this very special day to be on a call with me. I uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to do something, and this is what I call the reach out from the American Martial Arts Alliance to say uh, our gratitude to Dr. King and to everything that he has done that we are receiving the benefits of. So I'd like to say thank you to you guys. Well, thank you, Jesse, and, and thank you for all the work that you're doing because in your own way, you are continuing his work. You're an example of what he was working hard, what he was speaking about, 
and to uh, to watch the success that that you have and uh, the effect that you're having on people and bringing people together from all different uh, life life uh, levels and, and and nationalities and just just everything. I think you're you're probably a part of Martin's dream. Well, you know we are, and and I do it, you know, just because because it's a part of my purpose. It's a part of my God purpose. And you know, uh, you know, myself, my my wife is a pastor, and that's sort of what we believe. You know, everything I'm doing, I was I was born to do at this particular time. So you know, when I get up in the morning all day, is how do I affect people's lives uh, in a positive way? How do I get you to stop and think about your life so you can make a decision on how you should live? Is it the are you living your best life? So, you know, I know for you guys, for you and, and uh, for Mrs. Brown and the things you guys are doing uh, in the martial arts and in your community, you know, we really, really do thank you guys. We really do appreciate that. Uh, any last words from uh, Mrs. Brown? Any last words from you? I have enjoyed it. I appreciate you having us on. I uh, want to send out love and blessings to everyone. Hope you have a great day. And, and Jesse, oh, I'm gonna great. keep it real. Simple. I'm gonna keep it real simple. Just keep doing what you're doing. You make us all proud, and we won't get into anything. Well, I do. We work that you put in, and all the stuff, everything you've had to go through to get to where you are. And somebody somewhere is saying, "Oh, he's so lucky. He got this thing going. He got that going." And I want to say, "Luck ain't got nothing to do with it." I remember when I met <laughs> you. Know, I've, I've watched it. The time you put in, and I know nothing comes easy, but you have stayed stayed the course. So we're going to stay right with you as you're going along. Always call on us. I appreciate that, sir. Everyone, you know, have a blessed day. And this is Jesse Bowen. Until the next, our next episode of the Power to Live Your Vision. <laughs>